0: This episode is being sponsored by First Response Pregnancy. They are fervently committed to supporting, sharing, and empowering all pregnancy journeys and providing accurate information, especially to those struggling with infertility, loss of a baby, and maternal health inequities. I'm going to be excited one day to make sure our child knows our journey and to to really know how loved and wanted... This baby is. Hi, everyone. It's Olympic figure skater and broadcaster Tara Lipinski, and you're listening to Unexpecting. I started this podcast with my husband and now co host, Todd, to bear it all about my untold five year and often excruciating journey with infertility. The goal is simple to take this taboo subject and demystify it, to normalize these important conversations, and hopefully to find answers. Nothing is off limits and over the course of the series we'll unpack my fertility mystery, the trauma we've endured, and hopefully offer those struggling alongside of us some valuable insight. So laugh and cry with us as we ride this unimaginable fertility roller coaster.
1: Hey guys, a message from Tara and I. We just wanted to let everyone know that we've reached a point in our journey that might be triggering for people still struggling with infertility. Please use discretion when listening to this episode.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Tara Lipinski.
1: And this is Todd Kapastashi.
0: And you're listening to the 14th episode of Unexpected,
1: Episode 14. Mm-hmm. Now, the apt and observant listener and viewer will know that we took a week off. I
0: know.
1: Our first vacation week <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> where we took a week off. Actually, you know, as not to give too much behind the veil, but, you know, we obviously started recording these a while ago. So yes. we just kind of timed it out so we could kind of release one every week, but you know, I don't know if you want to explain why we had to take a week off.
0: I feel like a lot of people are asking us this question of how did we film this? What was the timing of it all? And I guess to give a little background, we started the process of this podcast about a year ago, um, after my last miscarriage and my- Or at least
1: talking about doing it. Yeah, talking about- Mapping it out. Mapping it out,
0: you know, and it was, um, after my fourth miscarriage and then- We started filming and sometimes obviously when things got a little hard, we'd take a break. So there was chunks where we were on and off and then we realized, okay, you know, our journey's moving along. Now we have to really time it out so we can do as much in real time as possible for the, for the listener and um, also catch them up to where we, we are currently. So Episode thirteen, we covered a lot of ground, <laughs> so yeah. we caught you guys up, and that was why we had a um, off week, yeah. a dark, a dark week last week. <laughs> we were dark last week, <laughs> and um, this week we're doing a fun Q and A.
1: Yeah, just to buy it a little bit of time, we're going to do a, a fun little question and answer podcast. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. The whole reason I think we're doing this Q and A, and why you kind of thought of this idea, is. You know, I think the hope with the podcast, obviously that you would touch a lot of people and, you know, we even put in, I think the open or the close of the podcast that we pre-recorded DM me if you want to engage with me thinking like five people might reach out and ask you a question (laughs) and like hundreds and hundreds of people have reached out both telling you what the podcast means to them, but also asking questions and engaging you about what would you do here? What would you do there? And I think that's just been so awesome and maybe somewhat unexpected, the volume that you're getting, right? Yeah,
0: yes. I mean, you see me, you look over sometimes at night, you're like, Tara, go to bed because I'm just like scrolling. It's between. like two
1: in the morning, you're on your phone and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, like, who
0: this are you person, texting?
1: They're on their sixth retrieval like me. And uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I I mean, that has been the most rewarding part of this podcast um i have met so many incredible women and couples and just the messages and the and the way i'm able to connect with them and they're strangers these people are strangers and they feel like family they have gone through something so similar we have this shared experience that bonds us and i can't tell you how f- full my heart is and it's it's funny i've skated my whole life i've been a broadcaster and in the public eye and i always get a ton of messages but hands down, this is the best thing I think I've ever done (laughs) in my life that feels like connection and real and it's good. Yeah.
1: And I think we'll probably talk more about that in the next episode, just about big picture, like the podcast and what it's meant for us and what it seems to have meant for a lot of other people, which again, is sort of a little bit unexpected, the amount of people it reached and how...
0: Unexpected.
1: It's all (laughs) unexpected and unexpecting. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we're going to do a q and I think you asked on Instagram at some point for people to submit questions. And I'm going, so back to some prefacing, you know, when people do these things, I feel like they they read the names of the submitters and it's like hard. And I was going through these and it's like these some, Instagram some names. Tough so names. just know if I butcher these, I'm not going to spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about what I'm saying. Oh boy. So they're going to be close, I <laughs> you think. You got but a
0: preface and now you're just going to yeah. get a real messed up name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I want to say something else too. I know we're not going to be able to, we got so many yeah. and I just want everyone out there to know I've read every single one. There were so many duplicates and you know, we we'll, read we'll, through all of them. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll try to do more or I'll try to DM you back if I can.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this was from Nicole Bukema. Uh-huh. Have you ever experienced an inconclusive embryo test? Um, do you have any recommendations?
0: So we actually have one. We got one inconclusive on our first retrieval, uh, where we had sent out seven embryos and six of them. Well, I think we had a mosaic in there somewhere, but um, We also had an inconclusive and there were many times throughout our journey where when we would start to get low on embryos and have to decide, do we want to go through another retrieval, it was always in the back of my mind, should I go retest the inconclusive embryo? And just for everyone who doesn't know what that means is sometimes the embryo will come back uh, normal, abnormal, mosaic, or inconclusive, and you can retest it, resample it, and genetically test it again to see if possibly you know, it comes back as normal genetics. But there's a lot that goes along with that too because then you're you're messing with the embryo a little bit more. So I just never did it. So we have one sitting there that we could possibly do that and you'd have to pay for it all again and do that whole thing. So um, I think definitely if you, you know, don't have any other embryos at the moment and this is, you know, something that you want to test, I would 100% do it.
1: This is kind of weird because uh-huh. I actually feel really like a host now. You know how we joke about yes. it? I'm not like a host or an on-air talent, but I've had to fake it for yes. 13 episodes. This really feels I feel like I'm a game show host.
0: <laughs> I feel <laughs> like, like you're here this. with
1: Tara Lipinski. <laughs> Question one from Nicole B. <laughs> Can you read the all? Question two, know? Katie Davy. Did you oh this one? Did you guys ever fight during the process? I love how you like this one's so this know. one this one goes out to Nicole Davy. <laughs> no, but she actually did ask, did you guys fight during the process? Which is an interesting question because I think we've talked a lot about our like. We call them hiccups or (laughs) bumps in the road, was what you like to call them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the answer is yeah. Yeah, of course.
0: I mean, (laughs) <laughs> definitely and i think that that's completely normal and i think that there's probably so many couples out there that have gone through what we've gone through and had these bumps and hiccups in the road and they- yeah like
1: when we referred to them as bumps in the road they were fights <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but well, i
0: don't know if they were like no, yelling but i no, mean no, i'm no. sure there probably was take your <laughs> vitamin c <laughs> And don't
1: tell me mo- I think most of our like hiccups, bumps in the road slash fights were like you, rightly so, trying to control a lot of things and me rebelling against it. Yeah, I would say right, like especially I think during from COVID, end, and you- we've talked about so much about that on the podcast. I think for list- people who've been listening to all these episodes, I think it's pretty obvious where we had those bumps, and it was like the COVID days. I think even you know, when we had the discussion a few episodes ago about, you know, how long are we going to wait to do a surrogate? Like there are those kind of just trying to figure out like your process, what you were thinking, you know, what I wanted life to be. And you know, I think everyone that goes through infertility has to have those.
0: Yeah, I think you you definitely do. And I think, um, you know, the male and female perspective of this podcast, I think is helpful because I think for you and I've gotten so many messages of just, I felt, you know, like my husband feels exactly like Todd feels, feels, you know, like his life is is being turned upside down. And, you know, I think a lot of the women were in the kind of boat I was in at those those times of just feeling so misunderstood. Like, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm not, you know, just, you know, out of control, out of my mind, all of a sudden, like this process, um, has put me in this place, has, has made me this person that like needs you as my partner to, you know, understand me. So I think it's like, for us, it really took time to, to figure out how we could support each other and then how we could make the other person, you know as a as happy as they could in the journey but b also feel like their feelings are completely valid.
1: Yeah, and someone actually blue c 4156 asked kind of the same question and just said any tips for like navigating this with your partner. I mean, I think just quickly like again, we've talked about a lot of this, but I would just say for men out there, just like you are going to be frustrated with like likely with your partner's you know, approach to a lot of this stuff because of the control, because of how focused they can be on this one thing and you just have to fucking suck it up, unfortunately. There's really no other (laughs) tips besides like, you are not the first person to have gone through this with their wife or partner who's like, struggling or feel like, feels like their life is one note or feels like the this is harder than it should be or that you're going on too long about certain, like, whatever it is, like, you're not the only person in the world who's ever, like, felt these feelings. Like, and I think I kind of felt like that at certain point, especially yeah. during COVID. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, is there any other couple out there who's, like, sitting in their house, like, doing this? But yes, yes. There, <laughs> there, are. there are. And I think that should give you some comfort that this yes. isn't just your experience and journey this is a lot of people's experience and journey and you just have to like be there for your partner really and try to like communicate properly because i think my feelings too are valid also like yeah any other partner is allowed to go to their spouse and say i don't want to do this anymore i don't know if i want kids or i think we're maybe not doing this in the right way like let's sit down and talk about it and you just have to communicate that lovingly (laughs) and properly i think
0: yeah I, i i think so and i think like probably every husband right now that's listening or every partner that's listening, um, you know, is is relating to you. And I would just say, you know, to to maybe the other partner in the situation or the woman in the situation, depending on whatever the circumstances, is just that, you know, for so that's why I, I really have loved doing this podcast. I, I realized it's 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 helped me. I've done so much therapy, but this is helping me even more to to go back in and rehash and and understand who I was and who I've become and you know, all of these things. And I would just say to anyone out there who felt unseen and unheard for so long, like I felt that too. Like you said, like, don't worry, there's other people going through this. Like I felt like that, unfortunately. Like I felt like, wait, am I being too crazy? Am I worrying too much about, you know, the supplements? Am I trying to control the situation too much? I did. I felt... Like I was unsure of myself. But also
1: the irony of that is if you like would have known or felt like there were other people, you would have stressed less probably. I think it's the feeling of isolation that like leads to more stress. Well,
0: I think it like affected us to be honest, because I didn't know you were frustrated at times about, you know, what our life looked like. And I didn't know if the feelings I was having were unique to me. Like did any other woman worry this much? did any other woman wake up in a panic in the middle of the night, you know, going through appointments and going through protocols and all these things. And I realize now, especially doing this podcast, the millions of messages from women that are like, you are me, you know, Todd is my husband and I did the same things. I had the same worries. So I would just say, like you said, there are other people out there. And I think for me, it made me feel not the greatest about myself sometimes because I was so alone and didn't know if what I was feeling was quote unquote normal. And it's fucking normal what I was feeling. Like the amount of stress I was under, like it was normal.
1: This is Nicole Singh, 5781. Who is going to be the easy parent and who is going to be the enforcer? (laughs) You got to pick a side, she says.
0: Aye, aye,
1: Nicole. Uh, Pick a a side. We're going to pick a side. Take it easy. (laughs) I guess you're going to be the enforcer, right? I'm a little more laid back. No, we've
0: talked about this. You think I'm going to be the easygoing one and you're going to have to be like, Tara, come on, like we've got to put down some rules.
1: The weird thing, and this isn't to slam my parents or their parenting style, but they were pretty, (laughs) you know, I grew up in the Midwest. Like, Not that they were strict, but like with weird stuff like, Are, I feel like 80s kids will relate to this. Like, they scrambled like MTV. Like, they physically picked up the phone and called like the cable company in the 80s and were like, MTV is too risque for my like 10 year old. Like, scramble it. So, like, I never watched like real world. So, like, I sort of feel like, you're going to have our kids watching like movies yeah. when they're <laughs> fought. Like, you don't, you literally though, don't care. Right. I
0: know. This is so funny. Like
1: <laughs> I'll be a little different this, on that stuff, but this
0: next phase. And I'm sure like, you know, I see it on Instagram where people are like, Oh, like mom shaming or like your style of parenting. And there's so much critique around it. But yeah, if I'm being honest, I feel like,
1: just don't I care. mean, I don't Well, also though, like, when you're like talking about music, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, have you heard, like, it's, it's like, appalling when I think about, like, eight-year-olds being, like, the Barbies, like, the Nicki Minaj fans. Like, have you heard this woman's <laughs> lyrics? I'm a huge hip-hop fan. I actually love yeah, Nicki Minaj. Love, She's like- awesome. But, like, I don't know that I want my, like, six-year-old, like, looking up to Nicki Minaj. I no mean, offense sir. Again, amazing lyricist, know, great like- artist. But, like, wait till you're, you know, maybe in, like, middle school where you're, like, a fan.
0: Well, what's funny, real quick about this, me and you, is, like, I don't know about you, anyone you dated in the past, but I had never dated someone who liked like I like all of my friends, all of my circle knows that I love like hip hop, R and B, rap. Like it's just like
1: you don't really though. You like I don't like hardcore. You like the poppy, like Ja Rule and Ashanti. Well, I mean that's the two
0: thousands, <laughs> but you know, like what I listen to, I feel like yeah. is like I like. I guess that. you'll hear yeah, songs, like, even
1: current songs that you like. Yeah,
0: and I feel like you were the first person that I met like dated that when we were in the car and you like had rap on, I was just like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Like it's weird
1: because like, that was one thing I worried about. Like, Oh, I'm going to play like rap. And she's going to be like, Oh, like who is this guy? Uh-huh. Like this white kid from <laughs> Ohio who's like a hip hop fan, but I'm like a true hip hop fan. No, you hip hop fan since I was like 10 years yes, old. Yes. And like, no, I'm like more underground. Like I know everything. Yes. So I, I feel like I'm, Legit I know, but isn't that kind fan. of funny that
0: we both kind of had that? Yeah. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I always remember when I first met you thinking like, oh, that's so strange. But then I would think in the future, I'd be like, oh, are we just going to have like our kids in the back seat still listening to this music on the way no, to dinner? No,
1: we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so that answers that question from Nicole Singh. Um, this is from Griswolf328. Um, She's essentially asking, did Dr. Beck ever tell you to continuously take birth control to get your period again to avoid endo?
0: So no, I never took birth control for endo. One of the reasons why I was either pregnant, (laughs) preparing for retrieval or doing a transfer, we never had a lot of downtime, but I don't think I would have taken... the pill for my endometriosis, the more I've learned about endo, you know, a lot of doctors will be like, oh, here, here's birth control. Like that should help. And it, you know, as we've talked about, the gold standard for that is going to an endo specialist and hopefully getting surgery and not, you know, not birth control.
1: So this is from Raising Tiny Disciples. How many times did a transfer fail or did TTC fail? <sighs>
0: so six six failed transfers and um we didn't really try to conceive that much which is really interesting i mean there were a few of those time triggers we did i don't know if like one of them worked the very first one obviously worked and then um there were what was it maybe we we did that two or three more times i think two yeah and it didn't, yeah, we did two <laughs> and it didn't work. Including <laughs> <laughs> that one horrible
1: Horrible. I do
0: Yeah. So we, we didn't really ever try naturally that often, right? Like, I don't even know. Did we ever have a month where we just. No. We were always doing treatment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Next question is from Nicole Pira Santiago. Did your family ever think it was the end and just didn't tell you?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I think our my family, my friends, like, I feel like they were just like, what is going on in the Kapastashis? Like, yeah, what are
1: they doing over we've there? We've talked about this, I think, on other episodes. But yeah, a lot of people, especially with the surrogacy stuff, too, at a certain point, were sort of like, you know, I know you guys want to be pregnant, but like, maybe surrogacy is like the route now and, you know. Actually, the answer to this question is actually no, they did say it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think though with my parents, like, at a certain point, they were probably more worried about me and what I was going through of just, like, yikes, this is, like, not worth you getting, you know, ill or... Yeah, but also,
1: like, people don't have enough data to really chime in, I don't think. Because it's like, you think about it, like, we the journey was so complex and the like roadblocks we were running into were like unexplained. So it was hard probably too for people to be like, oh, why don't you just stop? Like it's over (laughs) for you or like get a surrogate. It's like, they don't really know the diagnosis we're getting. And like some of our friends and family, we'd obviously tell in depth, but even then it's like confusing. So it's probably hard for an outsider to be like, do this, don't do that. But like, obviously a lot of family and friends sort of like broadly were probably saying, man, it's been like, Four and a half years yeah. or four years, like maybe you guys should think about this or that right. or whatever and give like really general advice because they couldn't give <laughs> right. really specific advice.
0: I know, but I mean it's like what we talked about. Like, yes, we have thought. <laughs> we know about surrogacy. <laughs> yeah. We know that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, we
1: know we know the options. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you're gonna like this question. Um, SL Miller 720. Is Sully excited to be a big brother? <gasps>
0: He is. He's so excited because I feel like he's going to be the best big brother. And you, Wait, just,
1: Tara's saying this just for the podcast. In private, I, I thought this podcast was supposed to be, we just say the real shit we, and yeah. we don't make up stuff to say in the he's podcast. He's going to be the best. All you've been saying... Since we, uh, Michaela got pregnant was how terrified you are that Sullivan's going to be wild and injure the baby and the barking. You are horrified. No, but
0: he's going to be, I mean. So he's going to
1: be a bad big brother is your concern. Well,
0: he's just mischievous. That's not his fault. Like who he is as a dog. Like he's going to be the best big brother. Like I
1: feel like he is going to. In what ways though?
0: I mean, <laughs> well, well, what are all the amazing qualities about Sullivan? I'm just saying the he's conversations sensitive. that we have in
1: this house are, you are very worried that he's going to be overly rambunctious well, and like yes. trip us while we're holding that, the baby. Yeah, yeah or, because
0: that is, that is a yeah. fact. But
1: he'll be a, I mean, look, Sullivan's amazing. He's so, he's such a kind, kind soul. soul. So he's going to be so sweet with yeah. the baby. Like, Hopefully, I feel like but,
0: he, Dublin, too, like, in my mind of, you know, I, I think about <laughs> that way too often of what Dubby would have been like with a kid. But they're going to, they they kind of have the same vibe in their soul where they just, like, are are going to love this baby yeah. and be so gentle and all of those things. Except when he's flying down the stairs and barking or in the baby's face. Or just barking
1: at anything that's out <laughs> on the street <laughs> for so, an hour at a yeah, time. Yeah, like,
0: Sully is not perfectly well-behaved.
1: But the question was, is Sully excited? And yes, he is. He's told us, right? He's very excited.
0: (laughs) He's like, what have you guys been doing these last three years? Hurry up.
1: This is from KT Garza. My friend is starting IVF. What are some goodies I can gift her to show love and support?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um... I think, you know, it's hard to know what to, to get someone going through this or going through a miscarriage or going through retrievals and an IVF. But I, I think someone who's going through retrievals or transfers, obviously the, the easy go-tos or like the foods or like after a retrieval, it's like good to drink, you know, electrolytes and, you know, coconut water. And, you know, there's, you know, you want salty foods and all of these things that you, like a little care package of of something like that would be really sweet. Or, you know, there are certain things you can look up during a transfer where it's like Brazil nuts and, you know, pineapple, whatever it is, you could put together maybe some cute little, you know, retrieval or transfer basket. But I think for me the you know, sometimes it was just the small little cookies that were, you know, delivered or just like a thoughtful gesture that was like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I know you're going through a hard time. Or, you know, my friend Jill gave me a little fertility stone. I I don't remember where she got it. And it was, you know, just this cute, small fertility stone and like so much meaning behind that, that I took it to every transfer and it sort of became my good luck charm. And, you know, I think just anything obviously that you can think of that has a little thought behind what your friend is experiencing is, oh my goodness, it means so much.
1: Or just call them before and after. Right. You know? Exactly. It can be as simple as that. I think I think
0: that's such a good thing. So many people get so busy with their life, they they don't realize that your your retrieval day or the day five test or, you know, transfer day or the, the beta day, these are huge days in your life. And I think sometimes, you know, people in your life Obviously, they don't have a calendar of exactly what's happening, but the call before or their call after just makes a world of difference.
1: Next question is from Melora Patchick: Are you having a baby shower? Did you have mixed feelings about it after infertility?
0: So I had a lot of mixed feelings about the baby shower. Like We were not going to do one. Um, It was just like for me right from the start, I was like, no, I just don't think I'd ever be ready to get to that point. So no, we're not going to we're not going to do one. And then as we got further, you know, much further along, um, we just recently very much, further along. <laughs> much, much further along. Um, we like, I, I feel like it was like this gradual process of no baby shower. Then it was like, we're going to do a party. And then it was like, okay, we're going to mix in a shower <laughs> with the party. And like, I would call it a party instead of a baby shower until like, like the week before. And then it was, it was a baby shower slash co-ed. Yeah. Like party. So it was, it was really, it was really nice. And we were able to, we did it where in the beginning part of the day, it was just all the girls and, um, you know, just so many people flew in for this and it was just, oh my goodness, my heart was so, so full. And then um, at night, everyone sort of came, all of our friends, um, all of your friends, and we just had a a big party to celebrate.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard because it's like, you know, on one hand during this podcast, and we should even recognize this, it's like we poo-pooed or like talked a lot about like, oh, nothing matters, like playing Dave Matthews for the baby and all you want is like a healthy child and all these other things of gender reveals and it's all just kind of BS. And I think that to a certain degree is true But, like, you know, a shower kind of falls into that of just, like, icing on the cake that really shouldn't matter. So, like, you know, in a certain way, us having a baby shower was a little bit off-brand, I think, for, like, the way we thought for four and a half years. But then the other side of that is, like, well, we did this for four and a half years and we're so happy to be having a baby. Why not have a bunch of people over to celebrate? celebrate? So it's hard. I Like, I would understand if someone said to me, well, Todd... I listened to the podcast and for four and a half years, you guys were like, didn't seem like the people who would ever have a baby shower because it wouldn't matter. And now you did and you seem like a hypocrite. Like, I get get that criticism, but I also would be like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) we tried so hard for these four years and to have a bunch of people over to celebrate the fact that we're like having a baby is like fun and it's fine, I think, right?
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It was, it was an interesting evolution for me. I mean, it really took me to almost like a week or two before the the quote unquote shower to call it a shower. So, you know, there was still a lot of trepidation around it for me. And, um, but I think like you, we got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to trust this enough that we can at least celebrate what we've been through. And I feel like, I don't know how you feel, like, And I don't know what a baby shower would be like if we just got pregnant the first time and did a very traditional baby shower. I mean, ours wasn't very traditional in many ways. Some parts were, but not all. Um, I just think it was almost like, I mean, it felt like the reason why people go to weddings of seeing two people and their love story and they're coming together and building this life. I feel like ours really did feel like so many people were there to celebrate that our journey was maybe going in a different direction. And that's how I was able to like digest why yeah. I was able to get through the day. Because I I don't know, there's many parts of the day though that I got scared. Like when I would look and I'd be like, oh my God, we're taking pictures. We're doing these things that are now like in history all these people think that we're having a baby and all those fears were still there of like what happens if something goes wrong and then I I have to deal with all those sort of feelings and emotions.
1: Yeah. Next question is from MLVNNC three two three. What is your go to date night?
0: Ooh, do you want to take this one?
1: Yeah. So uh,
0: <laughs>
1: Tara has a a strange obsession with a certain restaurant in LA. I love it so which much. okay. Let me another pre- second preface of the podcast episode fourteen. I love this restaurant, too. It's just we go there so, so, often. so, so often. And also the way Tara treats it, I would never disparage this restaurant. Because, again, it's like, it's an expensive, uh, nice night yeah, out, yeah. this place. Like, I got to, you know, <laughs> break out the wallet. And every time we go there, I'm like, oh, God, another <laughs> expensive dinner. But... So it's nice and it's awesome. And the food is great. But the way you think of it incorrectly, unfortunately, no, like I we live in LA where there's a lot of probably hidden gems and like amazing food and Michelin stars and blah, blah, blah. Right. And probably some like really cool places to call your like cheers where people, you know, know who you are when you walk in and it's like cool. Uh-huh. This is not a necessarily a cool place. It is so cool. It's necessarily not a cool place to call like your cheers bar because it's like a chain.
0: Yeah, There's it, many of so them. So guys, this is my cheers bar. So I'm not, I'm not like
1: calling like the Cheesecake Factory by any means because it's many steps above that. However, it's a chain, so it's kind of like calling the Cheesecake Factory, (laughs) (laughs) cheers.
0: I can't handle this right now. I can't handle this. It's not.
1: I know it's not. I'm joking. You're joking. But it is weird that how much you love this place, knowing that it's like a chain steakhouse. (laughs)
0: I I'm guys I'm actually like speechless this is so upsetting it has live music it's amazing they give the largest wine pours I've ever seen the management it, the service top notch tell me this is there a place in LA that has better service we, yeah. no no no
1: what? no 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 on. I mean, I guess not.
0: One hundred Great service. Okay, wait, I mean, we've we, everyone knows place, us there now. So is, like is all there, the waitresses is, and waiters I know us they and they're call awesome. Us yeah, name. we love them. Guys, Todd, is there a place that gives you a larger pour of wine? No. Okay, no. Is there a place that that has better steak? I'm telling you no, no, that no, let's I just love go it. This. I'm
1: telling you I love this place. Uh-huh. I just find like your view of it to be a little off.
0: It isn't. Okay, moving <laughs> on.
1: Like what's a place like I, I don't, I don't know, you lived in New York for a while. Like that's like when you go to New York and there's all these like cool random no, bars and new hot yeah. restaurants and people know I don't you. Want, that I don't seems want cool. New, like I, this seems a little bit like Maybe I'm
0: cooler cuz it's not new and hot always and <laughs> It's, um...
1: It's meat and potatoes, which I love. Which, I mean,
0: really good meat and potatoes,
1: guys. (laughs) Yeah, literally and figuratively, (laughs) it's meat and potatoes. And now a quick word from our sponsors.
0: Infertility can often feel like a secret second job. The appointments, the meds, the heartbreak, it's a lot to manage and often without the support you need, which is why anything that can simplify the process is a win in my books. It's why I love Bird and Bee's Prenatal Supplements. Not only are they doctor formulated and contain important extras that many other brands skip, they're all about convenience. Their daily packets contain all the vitamins you need to support egg quality, and they've got one for the guys in their sperm too. So you can ditch all the bottles cluttering your counter for one easy packet at half the cost of buying all of those bottles. Plus, you'll remember to take them. Bird and Bee knows that the journey is hard enough. Let them help to make your supplement routine a bit easier. Head to burdenbee.com to get 15% off your first order with code UNEXPECTING15. First Response is fervently committed to supporting, sharing, and empowering all pregnancy journeys and provide accurate information, especially to those struggling with infertility, loss of a baby, and maternal health inequities. First Response knows that when testing for pregnancy, you want to be sure of your result. That's why they created Comfort Check, a pregnancy test kit that helps you test confidently and conveniently. The First Response Comfort Check Pregnancy Test Kit is a value pack containing eight total tests, three first response early result tests, and five first response pregnancy test strips, allowing women to test early and often for added reassurance. First Response's early result test included in the Comfort Check Kit is their number one best-selling pregnancy test. It detects all major forms of the pregnancy hormone commonly found in urine and is over 99% accurate from the day of your expected period, with results ready to be read in just three minutes. The First Response Comfort Check Pregnancy Test Kit is available for purchase in-store and online. Be sure to pick one up today. I wanted to give you more information about Receptiva DX. I feel very lucky that I was able to take this test and remove some of the mystery out of my own fertility journey. A diagnosis of unexplained infertility is difficult and miscarriage is traumatic. So I'm thankful there's a test like Receptiva DX that can provide insight and answers that many people are desperately seeking. Receptiva DX is a powerful test that can help detect inflammatory conditions on the uterine lining that might be preventing you from becoming pregnant or staying pregnant. If you have experienced implantation failure or recurrent pregnancy loss, ask your doctor about Receptiva DX testing. If found, uterine inflammation can be treated, providing a new pathway to achieving a successful pregnancy. Treatment options can improve the chances for a successful live birth fivefold. To learn more, please visit ReceptivaDX.com or ask your doctor if this test is right for you.
1: Uh, next question is Maggie Vince F. Tips on dealing with the trauma from the no heartbeat scan. I'm terrified of getting and repeat.
0: Oof. Right. I mean, this is just, it's, I've been getting so many messages and DMs from women that are going through it currently or struggling with the heartbeat scan and especially relating to our story. And I just think it's, you know, even talking about it again, I just feel like I get that. Like out of breath, feeling because I I don't know if there's really a way to prepare yourself for that, especially when you've been through it. You can talk yourself through it, and you can say, "I've been through it before. I, I I know I'll get back up. I'll know I'll be okay after some time." But you know, I think sometimes I look back, especially you know now at this point in the podcast, and we've talked so much about every detail. It's like some of it was just like I had to be a little numb and just like walk through my days, you know, just like get through today, distract myself, us watch a show the night before and just like almost not feel a lot of emotion around it and just show up at that damn clinic and go through whatever life was going to throw at us.
1: Yeah. Um. This question is from Dreish66. Do you have different periods after miscarriage? Mine feels different. Also, just keep in mind, these people's grammar isn't bad. You can only fit the question into a certain <laughs> amount of characters. So they're like shortening certain words. So A, these people are smart. And B, I'm not just like speaking like this. <laughs> they're shortened okay. like sentences.
0: Um, so I would say this. And the first miscarriage, mine was completely normal again. And I had no complications. And then since then, I've actually felt that my cycle has changed after my miscarriages and now I'm much more aware of them and able to go to my doctor and advocate because the second miscarriage, if you remember in whatever episode, um, the way that my cycle changed lighter and, and it it wasn't coming and all of this stuff where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, something doesn't feel right, but didn't really trust my gut. I would just say if it really feels that different, um, shorter, longer, lighter, whatever it is, make sure you bring that information to your doctor to make sure that there's possibly, you know, not retained tissue or scarring. And I just think it's important to recognize those symptoms.
1: How are you able to navigate life with friends who have children and don't understand?
0: Mm. Oof. That is, you know.
1: We've talked a, a, a lot, lot about, about that. that. Yeah.
0: But I just think it's it's something that, is difficult. And I think it's something that you have to be really honest with your friends about. And I think at the beginning, I really didn't know how um, to navigate my own feelings and recognize that, gosh, it's really hard, um, you know, to show up at every kid's function when you are so, you know, flooded by these emotions of wanting a child yourself. And I think that, you know, I I actually received a message the other day, which was interesting. And it was just this woman saying, you know, I feel like I've lost so many friends through IVF and through our infertility journey. And it's just like over the years, they, they're dropping off and I'm seeing who's really there for me or who is that true blue friend. And, you know, I think, you know, there are people that just maybe truthfully don't understand the couple's going through infertility. You know, she even said like, they're like, I don't understand why you can't like let go of this or separate this or, you know, just show up and like stop thinking about being pregnant in the in this moment. And um, I think, you know, for anyone out there that has kids and has a friend going through infertility, you know, just openly a talking about it. So you can, you know, tell each other your feelings on both sides. But just, you know, having that compassion and empathy and knowing that it is really hard to put yourself in those positions when you're aching so badly inside um, for, you know, what will your life look like? Like, will you ever have a child to have a birthday party?
1: Yeah. The next question is from Inoy1983, who asks... Tell us more about how you got together. What was the proposal like? Ooh. Man, that was very stressful. It was so
0: good though. It was okay, so stressful. So should I go first? Sure. Okay. So guys, I love Christmas. I love decorating for Christmas. I love, you know, it's like Griswold Christmas at the house every year. That's that's my style and I love it so much. And um, we talk about this on one of the episodes and the Christmas tree oh, yeah, debacle, yeah. but- But anyway, I was living in New York when I met Todd and obviously the holidays in New York, it's it's untouchable. Where is there a better place to be? Nowhere, you know, just like you walk outside and it's Christmas magic. And I always loved Christmas windows. So, you know, in the city, just seeing Bloomingdale's or Macy's or whatever it was, you know, set up their windows, just a rational amount of excitement would flood through my body. So Todd knew this and it was Christmas. It was December, I we, what was it? The 21st. So we did this big Christmas party and a lot of my friends were like, I think Todd's going to propose at the Christmas party, but you didn't. And um, it was a few days later. And you want to go from here? Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is just me being so stupid and naive about, maybe about New York, but just in general. <laughs> I always just think I can get anything done at any time. I know you do. So essentially my... Concept for the proposal was knowing this about how much you love windows and yeah. you know, Christmas and you know, walking through New York and seeing like Christmas windows. My hope was that I could somehow like bribe and or pay maybe someone to like rent slash borrow <laughs> like a huge like window on like Fifth Avenue. And I could put something in it that would like indicate to you that I was like proposing, like right. we'd be walking. You know, unknowingly, we I'd walk you past yeah. this window and be like, oh, what is this? And there'd be something in there like, I don't know. I think at the time, like when I was first planning, I was like, oh, what if I built, like I had like <laughs> big mannequins of like me and you and like I was on one knee and I'm like, well, so, like whoa, whoa, what's going on in this window, Tara? And then I'd get on a knee yeah. and propose yeah. something. I wasn't exactly sure. But like, as everyone knows, you kind of have to be on the ground to get a lot of these things yeah. done. So I showed up and I immediately like would lie to you. Like during the day, I think I would just be like, oh, I'm going to Starbucks to work. Yeah, and I, I thought was, you were I working at work the local Starbucks second. for some reason and not I, in and the I house. And I was going hours <laughs> at a time. Oh, I'm going to Starbucks to work. And I would just like sprint out yeah. and do stuff. But essentially, I Wait, got. Wait, did you
0: ever work at Starbucks?
1: Uh probably not. <laughs> okay.
0: But <okay. laughs> I, mean, I had a lot to do. Okay, you were at start First, I had to while. figure out
1: what was gonna go in the window. The window if I ended up getting one. And I actually did figure this out before because I had my friend Mike actually take a picture of me. Long story short, <laughs> is I got this painting made, like a big, nice, like real painting, a great artist in, in New York painted it for me and I took a photo of her to like paint it from. It was basically me in front of your house in in LA.
0: I love the idea of you and Mike doing this like <laughs> faux photo shoot of you in front of the house in LA on one knee. Yeah, basically I was
1: <laughs> like standing in front on one knee, like looking up at no one was there because she was going to like obviously add you later. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, on one knee and Mike was taking all these pictures for the, uh-huh. the artist to use. So I found this artist, she was painting this photo, and then I just needed to find a window. And then I actually, I went to a bunch of places, honestly. And like, you know, again, all these people looked at me like I was a moron. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, you realize like Rolex pays us like (laughs) $500,000, like a a second to like use these windows. Like you can't just come in and like ask Uh us to take over a window. And I'm dumb. I thought I could find like a local, like, Toy store, uh-huh. like a mom and pop toy store. i be like, yeah. oh, can I give you like a few hundred dollars <laughs> to like take over your window for one night when you're closed? And I just... I was getting a ton of no's. So then I don't know how it happened, but I basically went to the plaza. And I don't hotel. know how
0: you got this I place know, out of everywhere. Like every, probably, I don't know who you reached out to, but I would assume everyone would say no. But then the I got to find this. Says, I, have this okay. woman, I have this woman's
1: <laughs> email and she was awesome. She was like the person at the plaza in charge of all these windows. windows and and, it and it at perfect. first, she was the same response. She was like, dude, what is wrong with you? You're not like going to take a window at the plaza. I was like, no, I'm going to. I'm going to take a fucking window at the plaza. But I harassed her, I I think for like two days. And I was just like, I think she could tell. I was like, not, I was getting desperate (laughs) at that point. So that was my idea and I had no other ideas. I love that idea. Yeah, it was so good. And so finally she just like, I wore her down. She's like, okay, you can, but it was crazy because, and it was so much stress on me. She's like, you can have this for like, like, how long did I get it? For like an hour or two? So I forget how. I think it was, you
0: told me at the time, I feel like it was less than an hour or something. I had to
1: somehow open this thing and get her to open it for me, put in the painting that I had made from this artist in Brooklyn. So I was like on trains. (laughs) Oh, there's that crazy story too. My friend Pat and I had the painting and we're like running through the streets of New York (laughs) with this like semi-wet painting (laughs) trying to get somewhere on time. Oh, it was such a disaster. But it kind of worked. Like I, this woman allowed me to do it. I put the painting in there. We went to dinner, and then I was like, "Hey, let's like." Walk. I don't know what I said. No, I was like, you oh, were "Let's go like walk. walk
0: and look at Christmas windows." And yeah, I was so, like, "Perfect."
1: So we went to, like to the plaza, plaza, and I walked you by, and I was like, "What's going on in this thing?" And you were kind of like confused. Jeez. It is a little confusing because the idea was like <laughs> a painting in LA of me proposing to you.
0: Well, no, I mean it was obviously to me very <laughs> clear. It was like. I mean, we have the painting in our house now. It it was my home, you know? It was like, (laughs) that home is very distinct. It's not just like a brick home. Like, it definitely, like, the colors, everything. And then you're in the front yard with the picket fence and, like... On one knee. On one knee. And clearly, you know, it was me (laughs) that was standing there because you also had her, like, paint me in, like, one of my dresses. Yeah. Um, But I just remember, like, looking over and being like, oh, my God, you know, what is happening. And then by the time I looked at it and turned to you, you were already on one knee.
1: Yeah, but it should be pointed out that, and I should get a, a several pats on the back for this proposal because it was kind of difficult and stressful and amazing, somewhat creative. Actually. However, where I should not get a pat on the back is I kind of froze. Oh, yes. I spent oh. so much time on the logistics of like the window that I, I didn't think like what I was going to say to you aside from like, will you marry me? And I kind of didn't say anything. So,
0: okay, so guys, this is, I, I, I don't up. think, I don't think we can, it's way too long to on a question and answer podcast to give this next story. But the the proposal to me was like, I, I mean, obviously I, I just was so excited to, to marry you, but like, it was so sweet the way it all went down. It was so creative and so special and like, you really thought this through. Like it just, again, I like am all red in the face just thinking about like that night. Um, But guys, if we think that the proposal was good, the first anniversary was by far the best thing I think you've ever done. Like for the first year of our marriage, it was like a running joke where I was like, Todd, are you ever going to tell me like what, you know, like you for you you would have said. What you would have said. Like I'm so interested in like what you would have said on one knee to me. And it was like this, I mean, we talked about it for a year. And then on our first anniversary, we were actually traveling and we were in France and you did the most creative, ridiculous thing I've ever, like... Could ever think of, but I don't know. We don't probably don't have time to go into this story. I'm kind of forgetting what I did. I sent oh my God, you, I, I wrote a bunch of letters that found all
1: I sent you like a FedEx to the hotel to you.
0: I mean, it is crazy, but we're <laughs> another podcast. Okay, we yeah, can't do it was that. Very one. Involved. And I think I should bring out season two, I'm gonna two of bring Unexpected. Out, I'm gonna bring out the letter, guys, because yeah. he wrote me this like six page letter. I won't read all of it, but some of it is so clever and fun. Um, okay, go on, go on. Sorry, i would getting too excited.
1: <laughs> on an unrelated topic, what number or range did you consider to be low beta? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, from the Christmas window. I should,
1: have, I should have gone through these and ordered them more by theme because yeah. they're a little back and forth.
0: <laughs> it's fine, like, it's fine. It's just the ups and downs of life, yeah, right? exactly. Here we go. Um, low beta for me was under 100.
1: Why would this person be asking this?
0: Well, because... Uh, You know, your beta is the HCG number to let you know how much pregnancy hormones in your body. And when you go, you know, your clinic after a transfer has beta day and you find out if you're pregnant or not, and it gives you the number. And obviously this was... fine. Tara,
1: I know this. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But why is she asking you specifically what you consider? Isn't it like what doctors consider? No,
0: because I think that's part of the problem. A lot of times we'll be like, ooh, it's a little low. Like we like to see it at like 60 to 100 or like one clinic. Like we'd like to see it over 100. It's just like this kind of arbitrary number, I think, that's thrown out. And you really like search Google, you know, to to its depths to find what is the appropriate beta number on this day, and you can just never get a clear answer. Actually, like if you go to Google, it's mind-boggling. Well, so, what did you to answer a say-
1: question? What what did you consider <laughs> okay, low? Sorry, am I
0: rambling? <laughs> but I just want to say this: on Google, it's crazy. It could say like seven to like sixty thousand, and you're like, wait, where do I? What do What are you telling me? But anyway, I think on day ten after a transfer. If it's not 100 or above, then it's considered low. And I actually think like to put someone at ease, like getting a nice 200, 300 is like really nice. And that is like cool. Like this might work, which is like what we got with Michaela. We got 303, but with me, we we got below 100. Yeah.
1: iComo4 asks, what's your favorite TV show that you've watched together recently? Oof. You know, it's a great show. Actually, the answer, I'll, I'll answer this okay, question please. and I'm sure you'll have another answer too, but Beef, Ugh, the Netflix beef show Beef. Beef was so beef good. Beef was one of my favorite shows in the last couple of years, actually. I thought yeah, it was awesome.
0: That was really good. Um, but what was like recent?
1: We've been watching Yellow Jackets. Oh, Yellow the first Jackets. First season, I think the second season's yeah. out too.
0: Yeah. I mean, we love Love is Blind every year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so addicted to it. <laughs>
1: You know what's crazy is we loved, loved, um, what's the show? The like, it's basically Outlander. a romance Outlander. novel on TV. <laughs> yeah, Outlander. And we've, the new season, we watched like an episode or two. I know, and we can we kind
0: have to of, get back into it, but that music, can you sing it? Sing, sing. Me, me a, a song, song of a <laughs> last that, that is gone. I can't sing. I'm sorry. I can't.
1: That last B.I. <laughs> B.I. <Be> okay. <laughs> I love that open. Oh my God, so that bad. open is so good. <laughs> we like laugh about that so much. We also have been trying to watch Sopranos unsuccessfully. So one show we never watched, like which is crazy for me because I just like love good TV, and we never watched. We never watched. So we've tried.
0: We've tried. And me, like from Jersey, like just like
1: I like it more than you. I mean, we're what three seasons in?
0: Three or four. I just like I like it. I.
1: This is so this is this is what Tara says. I'll look over at her and she might be like on her phone like what are you doing? Would you just This is why you're not into it. You're on your phone. She'd be like I just hate the mob scenes. And I'm like the mob scenes the whole show is about like the Jersey mafia. No,
0: I don't like the mob scenes. Like the, <laughs> they're all like mob all scenes. the guys at the table like I don't want to talk about that. I want like That's the kids the wife, the I want those things like I I'm not into the mob part. <laughs>
1: I am trying, and I've watched the show maybe two times through all the way, but trying to get you to start The Wire. which Yeah, is,
0: which I think I'll like.
1: Most people consider that the greatest TV show of all time, rightfully so. But and we so,
0: consider Lost the greatest. I do.
1: This family does. Yeah, this
0: family believes <laughs> that Lost is the greatest it's TV my show. It's my sentimental pick for the greatest TV show of all time. Yeah. I don't know why. Just long story about so Lost, but yeah. we both love Lost. Yeah.
1: So that's a long answer to that question. Ugh, this next question from sweet girl, hold your head up. I got a bone to pick. With sweet girl. Oh no. Have you thought about making a YouTube channel? Aww. Sweet girl, hold your head up. Why do you think I'm up in my office at four (laughs) in the morning (laughs) every Tuesday night trying to get these fucking things on
0: YouTube? It's for you. Yeah. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. We have YouTube. We shouldn't just mention this because, you know, we can see the back end of things and it's like, 99% Ninety nine percent of people are listening to well, this podcast. No. Well, yeah, yeah, I would like, say ninety nine. Well, yeah. you have Spotify, so I forgot about that. But yeah. you know, there is a YouTube, guys.
1: There is. <laughs> and Todd, it would make Todd very happy. Guys, for you, you know to I have subscribe. another job besides podcasting, right? <laughs>
0: to subscribe and
1: please subscribe. And Do me watch. a favor and watch and know that it's there, sweet girl. Sweet girl, hold your head up. You better be the next subscriber. Um. Andrea Barry, 980. Was Michaela, our surrogate, a figure skating fan before she was your surrogate?
0: What's so funny is I've never asked her this, but like, I don't think she was. I don't think she was like a big figure she skating fan. She hasn't mentioned fan. it. She hasn't mentioned it. So yeah, there wasn't like a story of like, oh, I remember liking skating or watching I skating. we haven't asked her. I know. Well, it's also strange, like you do these initial calls and they're anonymous. You know what I mean? Like you just jump on the phone with a possible surrogate match and you have no idea who the other people are. So, I mean, eventually, you know, she figured it out. (laughs) So I wonder, did she go on YouTube? Michaela, did you go on YouTube and watch me at the Olympics?
1: (laughs) I mean, if I were your surrogate, I would have. I'd want to know. Akthedi, will you eventually tell your child the story, all you went through and everything you did to get them?
0: Yes. 100%. Well,
1: there's also like a podcast (laughs) sitting on the internet where it explains it all. Yeah,
0: they'll find it. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, I'm going to be excited one day to make sure our child knows our journey and to, to, to really know how loved and wanted this baby is. You know, that this is just something that mom and dad had to go through. And I... I wanna make sure that Michaela, Auntie Michaela is part of this story. And yeah, I want I want it to be real and I want hopefully our kid to be proud of what we went through. And yeah, that's just part of the journey, right? Like that is part of the story.
1: Yeah. And as a follow up from Purple Frog Travels, do you plan to keep your surrogate involved in your lives after the birth?
0: I definitely would love that. I want Michaela to be a part of this child's life and to, you know, be up to date on on all the milestones and all the pictures. And, you know, what Michaela and I shared is so special, like I don't even know how to put it into words. And we've talked so much about surrogacy on this, this podcast, but, um, we are connected in this deep, deep way forever. Like that does not change. She is family. She is, she is, I would do anything for this person and her family and look what she's doing for us. And I just think that, um, yeah, I can't imagine just not ever talking to Michaela again. Like yeah. that's just not, not a thing. Yeah.
1: Well, this next question warms my heart from Astral Week 23. Todd, where is your last name from? My guess, Eastern Europe. Someone asking about a question of me instead of you. <laughs> rarely happens. <laughs> I love
0: how this is one of the questions you put in.
1: <laughs> I was like, we're putting this question in. Okay. Kapastashi is Hungarian.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to say? not really. (laughs) Kapastashi, let's talk about this, is a hard last name, right? Like, I feel like people do Uh not know how to say it.
1: I have kind of a funny story that my dad will hate that I am telling this. But so my dad, we're from the Cleveland area. And if you're from Cleveland or that area at all, you know, like, Euclid is like one of the big east suburbs. And so he started his teaching career there. Uh And the story goes essentially, like, my name is pronounced Kapastashi. That's like kind of what my family says and has always said and he, on like his, I, again, the story changes, but like on one of his first days as like a teacher, the principal, I think, or some authority figure started pronouncing his name Kapostasy. And my dad's a very like nice, sort of like non-confrontational guy and he didn't correct him. And then slowly everyone started like pronouncing his name, (laughs) Capostasy to the point, I'm not kidding. My dad ended up like being in that area as like a, you know, he went on to be like a principal, Uh you know, just an administrator. And, in that, it's a large suburb of Cleveland. Like, It's a huge area with many, many schools and people. Everyone there still calls him Capostasy. So, like, when I was younger, we would go... Did you and, not know what your name was? Yeah, I would be like, Dad, why are they saying our name like that? He's like, ah, long story. But, like, they... That was how they pronounced, like, I heard that pronunciation so much because my dad like taught, To be honest,
0: when I first came into the family too, I feel like when I asked, they were like, oh, it was like Kapastasi or Kapastasi. <laughs> I'm like, hey, which one is it?
1: Or Kapastasi.
0: <laughs> I mean, I do remember
1: this. No, oh, but there's still literally I a, feel like you even told me. He's like, which one do you like? There's a city in Ohio <laughs> where they call, like, us Kapastasi <laughs> where we can't say Kapastasi because my dad, like- was too embarrassed to correct this person. Oh, Paul. Yeah. Okay. The final question. Great question. Will the podcast continue and will you bring on other couples?
0: Guys, I hope you're happy about this answer, but yes, it will continue. And I, you, I'd love that they asked that question. Well, and-
1: the first thing you should say before jumping ahead is I mean, I think we started this podcast like thinking it would be. I don't know, just talking about our infertility journey and it would be like a, I don't need, I, we don't know podcasts that well, but like a <laughs> limited podcast, right. you know, most podcasts like just go right. on infinitely. And this was obviously going to be just like our journey and, yes. you know, getting people hopefully to talk more about infertility and right. to tell our story. Um But now it seems like, you know, unexpectedly, the response has been so good. So we've kind of just talked about ways to just like, you know, potentially keep it going. Yeah.
0: And I think that we're just going to, again, we've, I hope we've made it clear that we just want to have these honest, candid conversations and, you know, be our truest selves in the moment of where we are in life. And I think we want to continue that, but there's definitely something that feels very natural about us as a couple bringing on other couples and being able to have these conversations. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I think the the point is we're maybe still kind of figuring out the specifics of it, but we'd love to like somehow kind of keep all this going. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's great for us <laughs> yeah. to be able to process everything we've been through, but also, you know, things we're going through now and, hands down, like I said, this has been the craziest thing that's ever happened in my life. I mean, I thought the Olympics was, I mean, again, the Olympics was pretty surreal and special, but the connection I have with this community, like there's like a fire in my soul. And, um, you know, obviously moving into different phases, there's lots to navigate there, but I i do just love meeting all of these people that we're, we're almost like building an unexpected community. And it's, I don't know, it's just really meaningful to me.
1: Yeah. And so the last thing to mention on this episode is that we will actually have an episode next week, which won't, you know, we'll be back to our normal format, a regular <laughs> podcast episode. Yep. Um,
0: I feel like we did well on the question and answer thing, right? I hope that people feel like we...
1: I got to hone my hosting skills. This, You know, my I struggle with these names. I didn't prep enough. <laughs> Tara, by the way, was just mad I was even saying the names. She's like, why are you reading the names? Just read the questions because I'm a man of the people and want to give he my wanted, peeps a guys, shout out. He
0: wanted to get He was so perplexed by every name he came across.
1: These are not easy names. And I just want to make sure, you know, these people were interacting. Okay, and-
0: so next question and answer, Todd will do better on the names. Yeah. He'll or do more just, research on how to, to pronounce
1: them. them. <laughs> or we just won't read the names next time. I love you. I love you too.
0: Thanks for listening to Unexpecting the Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review, and follow Unexpecting Pod on Instagram for info about upcoming weekly episode releases. And hey, DM me on Instagram if you'd like to engage about fertility. I'd love to hear your story because our path might be different, but it doesn't mean we're lost. This episode has been sponsored by First Response Pregnancy. Their Comfort Check Pregnancy Kit and all other products are available for purchase in store and online.